You know a dream is like a river, ever-changing as it flows. And a dreamer's just a vessel that must follow where it goes. Trying to learn from what's behind and never knowing what's in store makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Maxwell Ivy. I am Maxwell Ivy, known around the world as The Blind Blogger, and this is another episode of What's Your Excuse? And I help you overcome the excuses that are holding you back by introducing you to amazing people. I give you interviews with those who have overcome adversity or thrived in spite of difficult life circumstances, those who have struck out on their own and started a unique business, people who are uh, proven experts with world-tested advice to help you accomplish your, your goals, and people who I just happen to find interesting and personally inspiring. You can always find me at theblindblogger.net. You can also go and catch the show on Alexa or Google by asking it to play What's Your Excuse? Uh, and so I'm very happy to be doing yet another episode of the show, and I hope that y'all are also encouraged and inspired by it. I hope uh, when you visit the website, you will check out my books and uh, hopefully buy my latest one, The Blind Blogger's First Speaking and Signing Adventures, How You Can Conquer Your Fears, where I share my first travels in 2017 to promote myself as an author and overcome fears, objections, obstacles, and also made a lot of great new friends and had many new experiences at theblindblogger.net. Also hope you will visit my sponsor, Chip Edwards at createmyvoice.com. Uh, he is an expert on voice branding, help you maximize these new platforms of Alexa, Google, Siri, not only on the home devices, but the wearables and those in people's cars. Now, you want to be where they are so that you can grow your audience and sell your products and services. So be sure and reach out to Chip Edwards at createmyvoice.com. So today I have another wonderful guest. Her name is Amy Bovard. She is a longtime friend of, of mine personally and a great supporter of the podcast as well as supporter of my of my mission and as somebody who has helped me overcome some of my own excuses in the past you can find amy at amybovaird.com and that's a-m-y-b-o-v-a-i-r-d i hope you will sign up for her email list and get her regular encouraging blog posts and email messages uh amy uh she she studied in college in the area of education, and she spent many years traveling the world, teaching English as a second language in Latin America, the Far East, and the Middle East. And in when she was about 28 years old, she started losing her vision to retinitis pigmentosa. I like how she says in her bio, she can't pronounce it or spell it, but, but uh, she knows what it is. And that uh, started to cause her to lose her vision uh, shortly thereafter, while living in the Middle East, she was uh, by herself. Her husband was was working in another area, and she had to suffer and overcome the loss of twin uh, babies. She eventually moved home to help her father as he was suffering with illness, and she eventually 
had to survive losing him. And since then, she has become an author of many great self-help books, including Mobility Matters and Cane Confessions, which really teach, uh, show the lighter side of accepting your vision loss, adjusting to the need for a white cane, and relearning how to navigate the world around us. Uh, she's also written a, a great new book called Hitting a Home Run, where she talks uh, more about the vision loss, but also about how we're all in this together and that everybody has some sort of struggle or trial to overcome and that there is a still hope in the world. There's still positive things to happen and that you can achieve these things or find these things through faith, a positive attitude and a great sense of humor. So now that I've told you all about Amy, I hope you will all welcome her to the show. So Amy, thank you for coming on. What's your excuse? Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah. I'm thrilled to have you here. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know, uh, last fall, Amy invited me to come to Erie, Pennsylvania, where she lives, to do a series of book signings and public speaking events. And it was an amazing eight days that I got to spend with you. I, I can't tell you enough how much I appreciated those opportunities you gave me. And uh, really, I'm looking forward to having people learn more about you and uh, maybe learn something from you as to how you just continue to overcome all these tragedies and setbacks. So um, maybe that's where we should start. What is the one thing, you know, how does Amy continue to keep going? Because being an author is difficult. A self-published author is, is like triple difficult. And, you know, being an entrepreneur, supporting yourself, uh, taking care of your family, you know, you're supporting your, or uh, combining with your brother and things like that. How do you do it, Amy? Well, you know, I have a writing coach, which is very encouraging to me. She helps me set goals. And I stay connected with all the, with the vision aware team, other people with a lot with sight loss. And that keeps me motivated. Our friendship keeps me motivated. I think my faith keeps me motivated. So, right, so let's, let's talk a little more about each one. Um, Tell people exactly what the Vision Aware Peers is and how that helps you and how it also will help other people uh, dealing with vision loss who or have fr friends, family, or coworkers who are de dealing with vision loss. Talk a little bit about that. Okay. So the American Printing House for the Blind, the APH.org, has so much information. And they have a team of 20, 20, 22 uh, called peer advisors, and they share their experiences uh, with different articles. They have now blind. I'm blind. Now what? So they have they share their experiences. Other people with uh, all areas of vision loss, from mobility instructors to uh, rehab rehabilitation teacher teachers and people like me just people who are losing their vision share their experiences it's wonderful and so that is on the american printing house for the blind so i found meeting so many different people and finding they they are living successfully with sight loss that encourages me right and i imagine that uh, I, I am also a vision aware peer although i'm not as active as amy or many of the other members are but one of the things is is that you 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 start to make friends and have real connections with these people that you are 
working with to create this information. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you're never quite alone and you're, you're always kind of sharing tips and things. So yeah, I think that's really, really exciting. Right. And one of the other things that has happened in that community is the people that are members there, they share their good news or they ask questions of things they're struggling with. And there's even been some virtual book uh, signing events or book launch events that have been done as a result of the people make, making friends among the Vision Aware peers. And so yeah. it's just another example of how when we build these communities of people, they can, they can help us when we are, are going through difficult times. Yeah, it's a really good resource, yes. Yeah. And then um, you said you had a writing coach. So I think a lot of people, you know, they they still balk at the idea of having a coach or a mentor. So um, how long have you been working with a writing coach and what are some of the, the tangible differences that it's made in your writing career or, or the way you approach your writing? I've been working with her for for about eight years now. And she's very good at helping me find concrete solutions to uh, problems of all kinds. Writing, not only writing, but life problems, <laughs> life skills, <laughs> you know, just and what kind of, what can I do in this situation? What can I do in this situation? So she's very uh, proactive and we set a timetable. Like, this is your priority, this is your priority. And so the, the two eBooks that I had last year are the result of her helping me schedule my time and uh, making sure that they were, I had quality work. So that kind of thing. All right. Very, and can you, can you give us a specific example of a problem that she helped you solve? Yeah, gosh. Which ones are your favorites? Let's just go there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, okay, so, so it's very difficult to live on, um, to live on our, our earnings as, as authors, to have that as our main, main, right? So yes. she's helping me find tutoring jobs. You know, she's telling me, you know, like what we, you can put signs up in this area uh, on your um, Facebook page in your area that you're an ESL teacher. And uh, so let's make five posters this month that kind of thing and uh like for additional income okay so you can do an article on 31 uh ways to combat uh 31 tips for sight loss and so she gives me these kinds of ideas that oh, that generate more ideas she makes me uh meet my goals i'm accountable to her for like each week i need to um, send what i have accomplished to her a list so, so okay. many ways. All right. Is she the first mentor you worked with or did you have to work with several others before you settled on her? Well, she's the first main one. I have had a couple others, but not so. It hasn't always worked out for me, but because she's, she's really dedicated to her job it, it, and, um, and to her clients, it's very, it, it's, a, it's a good combination. So yeah, it has, I've had a couple before her, but she's the one that has lasted all these years. Okay. Do you have, yeah. do you have any tips for people who are finally willing to look for that mentor or coach? Yeah. Look for one that fits your budget. That's the first thing. 
you know. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love your honesty. I wish more people had the courage to be this honest, my friend. Uh. <laughs> and, and, and also compatibility. Like, you know, some people, like I worked with somebody who was very knowledgeable, but we didn't really connect that well. And I was just always uh, a bit stressed before I met with her. Like, I have to I have to go and look at all these different, um, uh, like, uh, I forget what it's called now. You Like, in order to find magazines and stuff. And I was always super stressed. You have to find someone that you're comfortable with and that sort of you can bounce ideas off of. That's really important. All right. And you, you do know that I am personally all about gratitude and so is my show. So would you please mention if you don't, if you don't think that she would mind, or if you don't mind, I would be happy for you to mention the name of your coach and how people can find him or her. Yes. Yes. Of course. Our, our Rebecca Thessman at uh, rjthesman.com. Yeah, she's wonderful. All right. Yeah. All right. And I will have you email me that URL mm-hmm. so I can make sure I add it to the show notes correctly. Because, yeah. you know, it, if it is important that, you know, um, it's great if we get value out of a coach, but if that coach can't sustain themselves because they don't get other clients, then we lose a great coach. So yes. I like to make sure we get their names out there in case somebody listening is like, they need a writing coach. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you mentioning that. So you, so it sounds like she has really helped you um, not only with ideas, but accountability. Yes. And that's, that sounds to me like somebody who's very um, unique because I've, I've talked to people who are big on accountability, but they want me to come up with all the ideas, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I've, I've seen people that were great with ideas. Uh, but, you know, it was like, if you don't have the self accountability, then oh. I can't. So, so it sounds like you found a real winner and she's helped you with your writing. Now, yes. mm-hmm. as an yep. author, I have a, well, also as the host, I have a a history of asking questions of guests just because Max wants to know the answer. And hopefully my, my audience will want to know as well. Um, you're one of the few authors I know of blind or sighted whose books are available in uh, Braille audio. And I think even large types. So mm-hmm. could you share a little bit with our audience about how you go about getting your content into these different arenas where people who prefer or need it that way can actually get it that way. Yes. Well, first of all, I think it's really important that it's in regular print, large print, because so many of uh, so many, well, I myself struggle with not being able to see the print. And so large print is where I I, was my first concession. And then first not concession outreach. And then I, uh, Braille is one that I work with uh, on a needs basis. I have someone that I contact if somebody re- asks me about it. So that's the sort of on needs as needs basis. Okay. So with but with but you can at least offer the Braille option, knowing that you can deliver it if somebody wants it, which yes. is a big thing for an entrepreneur is, you know, for people to know that you have it and then to know personally you can deliver it. Okay, so that's how you handle Braille. Yes. So audio is a whole other bag, right? So I, <laughs> I have, I first, I just, I had people read parts of my book to see how they sounded. Then I asked my, my readers what they thought of them. And I went through a couple, two or three. And I, um, in my 
face-to-face -face critique group, one of the members recommended the woman that I now use. And uh, so I, I uh, sent my uh, section to her to record and I let a few other people who are accustomed to audio books like Mary Bell Steele, she, she does a lot of, she listens to a lot of audiobooks. She and she also knows music, so she's used to what is like good recording. And right. so she, she could judge yeah. the reading quality and the engineer side of the of the uh, sound quality. Okay, I got you. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. That's it. And so I work with this uh, this narrator. She did my first book. It was very positive. The the um, response to it quite expensive. And I didn't go the typical way, way route. Okay. I, uh, um, because you can go now and split like the, the um, go and audition somebody and then it's 50-50, the royalties. But I didn't go that way because uh, I, I just didn't know it enough about it. So I went with this woman and it was quite expensive. So what I did was I was speaking at different Lions Clubs at that time or just starting to speak to share my story, right. to get confident. And so I, uh, I decided to, uh, to ask them to help me produce this book. And so uh, they, like I taught, I, I sent letters to all of them, all of the um, Lions Club in my area <laughs> to help me produce it. And they gave me donations. And so be, because I would have never been able to do it on my own because it was so expensive, but they paid 50% of the, of the cost. And there it was. It was so exciting. Okay, let's available. stop for just a minute. All right, I hope y'all are listening at this point, and I'm going to definitely put this in the show description. She needed to record her book and get it out there in audio where more people could hear it, buy it, and be inspired by it. And she has this idea to reach out to the Lions Clubs because they support people with vision loss. Right. And by, by sending out these letters and asking, she got half of her book paid for. And that's... That's really what we're really about here at What's Your Excuse is finding these unusual solutions. Um, I want to get a little more into this process uh, eventually, but finish talking about the recording aspect of it and how, you, and how you're getting your books out where people can buy the audio. Okay, so, so it was really positive uh, response to it, people's response to it. So I stayed with her. So my... King Confessions, I did that on my own. That was a little bit shorter. And then Seeking Solace, she she has done every single book of mine. And she brings it to life. She, it, all of the things that I experience is just, it just comes to life when she, when she reads it. She, she kind of has my personality in mind when she's speaking. <laughs> so, uh, and gosh, I'm trying to think of her name right now. I just draw a blank. It's not okay. because she's if, wonderful. If it, comes, if it comes to you later, we'll mention it later. But either way, just send it to me in an email when we're through. And we will mention your narrator. And, uh, and I, I need her name anyway, because I, yeah. I would obviously like to talk to her about my yeah. books. Because I'm getting a little tired of people asking me why the blind bloggers books aren't available in audio. So mm -hmm. I would definitely like to talk to her. So we'll just send it to me and we'll add it in later. And uh, so she's been with you through all your books, which is not yes. unusual because we make relationships with these people. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. Lorraine Regulie at wordingwell.com has been my editor through all of my books. And it's one of those things. It's a really hard decision to even contemplate using somebody else, isn't it? I mean, 
I mean, it's one of those things you don't even want to think about having to hire somebody else, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And okay. I wasn't sure if you were hearing me. You scared me there for yeah. a minute. <laughs> no, no, I hear you. I can All hear right. You. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a relationship we build with these people. And do you find it's more so with people who are creative entrepreneurs who happen to be losing their vision than it is for the general public? Or do you think everybody but everybody to find something stick with them like that? Yeah, I think that I think everybody kind of deals with that. Everything is more difficult with with sight loss, you know. Of course, you know the. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that once you you forge these relationships, it's it's just wonderful, you know. Then you have someone to depend on, you know. So yeah, is that your question? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. I'm sorry I confused you. No. 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 Uh, but I thought it was funny how you said that, or as actually, I thought it was very important too that you said that she almost understands your personality so that yeah. she reads it as if, as if you would be reading it. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's, it is a bit discouraging that I cannot read my own work, you know, and, but a lot of people can't read their own work because it takes skill. It takes a, a, a special skill to know when to breathe, when to stop breathing, all of that kind of stuff. And, but a lot of authors record their own work. So it was really exciting when I felt that she connected with me and that she could communicate my personality in her voice. Like, because I'm very eager and, and quick speak. Uh, I, I speak quickly, as you can tell. And yes. she does too. <laughs> yeah. And, you, have a, you have a good mix of Southern warmth and, and Yankee speed. Yeah. Yankees. That's right. That's right. I mean, People you from have the North warmth, speak faster. Yeah. You speak faster, but you have, you still have a warmth to your, your voice and the things you say that a lot of times you don't get with people from New York or New Jersey. And, um, and I just wanted to point one thing out for the audience. Earlier, she mentioned shares. If you've written a book and the book has been published to, through Amazon or one of the other uh, electronic publishing sites, you can go to Amazon or Audible or Find a Way is, the, is another one that's coming on the scene. And you can put your book up and people will submit their names and offer to read the book. And if you like them, you can hire them. And instead of paying them up front, they get a percentage of the royalties or what's just happened new on Amazon is there are some readers, the, the better ones where you still pay them, but you pay a small percentage of what they would normally charge for reading the book outright. And then y'all split what's left. So yes. That's what we were talking about, just in case we have people listening here going, what the heck is she? So it's it's really just a way of getting your, these are just different ways that you, that you could get your book recorded and make it available in Audible or directly from your website using Sales or Gumroad or some other, uh, some other platform for those download sales. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I have a hard time sometimes with the balance between the exposure you get from Amazon and the fact that they're taking 40% of our money now. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people do direct sales from their website. I have that also book book. Uh, I have a bookshop and I sell my books directly where I autograph them. And it's so encouraging when I get those kind of sales. So that's another way right. to get your book out there. 
right. uh -huh. just for just for example, could you say for like your latest book, um, hit, hit, hit a home run? What are the yes. various prices from electronic to large? Excuse me, electronic, regular print, large print, audio, and braille and okay. autograph. What are your what? Just so I can kind of get an idea in my mind of how the pricing varies based on the uh, style of the content. Okay, so that is a short ebook, and uh, I think it, in in Audible is three ninety five. So it's Correct. because it's it's like within a couple hours you can read that book, and I have it on my site also for three ninety five, and as an ebook it is it. I started out at 99 cents and I have gone up to 2.99 just because when you have 99 cents, your royalties are like 30 cents or something like that, you know? So, but um, one, one person, one of my readers asked why the, why the price went up. Well, that's why, you know, and, uh, but uh, that, but a regular price book. So like, um, like my mobility matters, that's, Fourteen ninety five, and right. is that uh, the electronic version? Yes, that's the paperback okay. for a regular. That's one. the paperback. Okay, all that's right. So paperback. paperback, regular. So regular, regular. print paperback is fourteen ninety five. Yes, and then and and then large type is twenty or nineteen ninety five. Yeah, right. and then the like if it's uh um the Autograph? electronic one is oh, electronic? yeah that's two three ninety nine. And an ebook, the Kindle, and okay, so well, you know, the Audible is, I think it's like nineteen ninety five. You don't have any. We don't have any control over that. The 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 cost of that. No, we we don't have any control at all over the pricing on uh, Audible. That's all yeah. up to them. So yeah. Uh, and so, what what about the uh, what about the what about the Braille and the autograph? Uh, print. What well, the braille for? depends on how long the book is. So I worked that out with the the uh, the one who is brailing it. All right. So and do you have an, a rough idea of what Mobility Matters would cost somebody in braille? I don't think anyone has ever followed through with a, a, a purchase of it. <laughs> okay. They have All contacted right. me and I have contacted my friend who does the brailing, but I don't think they, they've ever followed through. Um, okay. yeah, that is, yeah. You know, actually, you know, what, you know what we ought to do is we ought to find out how much they want to charge for the Braille copy and then mm -hmm. me and you ought to buy one and then we ought to have a contest to give it away. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm great with ideas for other people. That's, <laughs> my, that's where I excel. That's where I excel, you know, so Okay, well, I just was trying. I was just trying to get an idea, you know, for for me and for people who might be listening, you know, just what the difference is between regular type and large print and the electronic much, version. Much, yeah, much larger, yeah. But much okay. wider. All right. um, All right. But, but, but I just want to mention it's, yeah. it's uh, Louis Braille's birthday, January fourth, um, in January. So two hundred and seven years, something like that. So that is the good time to do that to celebrate or to honor his birthday to do something like that. Okay. All right. I will keep that in mind. All right. So, so back to the podcast, y'all, this is what's your excuse. And you can find us at the blindblogger.net or what's your excuse show.com. Or you can tell Alexa or Google, Hey, play what's your excuse. And I'm speaking with Amy Bovard, who is a uh, author, speaker, 
language instructor, world traveler who happens to be blind. And she's the author of several books about the process of losing her vision, uh, learning how to, to uh, accept the use of the white cane, and dealing with many other trials in her life, such as losing her twins and doing all of this as she's also losing her vision. And you can find her at amybovaird.com, A-M-Y-B-O-V-A-I-R-D.com. So I was wanting to get back to you about a question because I, I talk to a lot of people, most more sighted than, than uh, blind, about asking for things. And I would just want to know, where did you find the courage to send that e- to send those letters or emails to all those Lions clubs and ask them to help you release your book in audio. I was determined. I just was determined <laughs> to get it out. And that was the way that was there. I, I even faced a member of my critique group who said that that's like begging. And I said, it's not begging. It's asking for funding, you know? And so I, I, um, <laughs> you know, I um I overcame my fear of how people how I would appear to others other people. I just said I'm I think that they I have a good I believe that my my mission it was my mission to get my message out about using a white cane and how important that was to the community of people with sight loss who really struggle against that and I said this is this is one way I can do it. I can't, I don't, I don't sell enough books to do it on my own to make that money. And so this is how I'm going to do it. And also how I'm going to get the the message out to other people about living positively with sight loss. A lot of people uh, in the Lions Club, um, they want to support an, an initiative like that. And they want to learn how, what, what the ways are of, of moving for, forward positively, you know. Right. So it wasn't like you asked random strangers or random companies or random nonprofits. You asked a group of nonprofits who are interested in the subject and you presented it to them as a way to get information out that was different than the way they were, they were normally doing it, but something you could see them wanting to invest in. And I use the word invest because I recently had a big argument with somebody about people sponsoring my podcast. And I was told that my podcast isn't old enough, big enough, ha- or has a, doesn't have a large enough audience yet to be to have a sponsor. And I explained to them, I don't have a sponsor. I have an investor. I have somebody who decided to invest in my show and my story and the potential it might have to help others. And also, as a result, the potential it might have to help their business. And in your case, the potential that this could uh, help the Lions Club uh, get that message out to more people about the white cane and about their resources, I imagine. Yes. And also the Lions Club themselves, you know, just to, to let them know what the Lions Club does and, you know, and to celebrate their involvement and, uh, and dedication to those with sight loss. You know, the, the um, Helen Keller was one of the, the ones that, said that the Lions Club is a beacon for those with sight loss. So it helps them fulfill their mission as well. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and so you managed to, uh, to find a way to get your book recorded. Yes. Um, I recently talked with a friend of mine and she said, 
Max, have you ever thought about asking all these people who know you if they would just read a chapter each of your book and then you'd have you'd have not only have an audio, but you'd have an audio where you'd have a built in group of people that would want to, to let everybody know, hey, I read chapter 12 of the Blind Bloggers New York City Adventure. And I said, no, I never thought of anything that crazy. And she said, OK, what chapter do you want me to read? I'll go yeah. first. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. So there are, there are always these options. The problem is, is that you have to be willing to humble yourself and look a little silly sometimes, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you do, really. And you have to put yourself out there. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that what your whole book is about? Your, your last book? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, it's exactly about putting yourself out there. Although I've been told if I want to talk, if I want to really do a book about putting myself out there, I need to write a book about my uh, my experience is going from from uh, podcast guest to uh, podcast rock star to uh, podcast host and tell all of those stories, but I just uh -huh. haven't done it yet. But yeah, you're right. It's it's all about what yeah. I'm about is putting yourself out there. Right. So let's bring this back to your personal story. Um, do, do you believe that your, you know, your vision loss and these other losses you've experienced have they made you stronger? Have they given you the ability to do things like publish this book and decide that you're going to be an author? Yes. Yes, I believe so. The uh, Some losses, like when I lost my mother, I was just so devastated. And I didn't want to write anymore for a, for a couple months, I said, because this kind of took me, took time away from my, my time I could be spending with my mom. And so I, I was really so discouraged at that point that was in 2017 and I just thought oh, no I can't do it anymore and I work that's one of the ways that my uh my writing coach helped me she said okay what are the what what are the ways that 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 you got past that you got through past losses and I I thought about the twins and I thought about um my divorce and I thought about my dad and so then that's that was my sort of invitation to, well, let's write about the things that you could get through. And that actually made up Seeking Solace, the devotions for that. It was sort of a, it was that with that, with Seeking Solace, it helped me to move ahead with that book and I get past my mom's loss, really. It's looking at how God had met my needs in, in the past and, and how I didn't really realize until I wrote that book and, and saw scriptures, how God really met me in my need how did he meet me when i was uh when i was by myself and i had found out about the babies how did he meet me when i was mad at ehab and you know and and i and i then i found out by myself that we lost the twins and with all of these things he met me every single step of the way and i didn't realize that until i wrote this book you know so that was that had actually made me stronger and then when I finally published the book a year after my mom's passing, it was, it was, it was, uh, I realized that, that, that God had used this to, I don't know, to honor my mother, my mother's life. And cause I had my, my launch on, on the day, uh, uh, of her passing. So, I mean, it was like, um, it, it was, it made that day happy. <laughs> you know <laughs> and um I mean it, it it gave it like some strong emotion and feeling and I felt like I 
could finally give back to my mom. And then, so yeah, I'll, I think every single loss has prepared me for bigger losses, you know? Um, my sight loss prepared me for my the loss of my twins, which occurred actually two separate times. The first twin, I found out about the 20th week and the second one, the 26th week. Um, well, I was actually 28th week because the baby lived for, you know, eight days. <laughs> and, okay, uh, uh, you're 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 way over my head at this point, girl. Yeah. So a couple, <laughs> of, a couple, so a couple of things here that are really important. One yeah. is you struggled with giving yourself permission to write because you felt like you had taken time away that you could have spent with your loved one yeah. that yeah. you were spending writing, and that's really a very hard thing for people with families to do is to give themselves permission but you you finally realized that 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 the writing and the love for your mother didn't didn't you know that one wasn't taking away from the other so you were able to publish the book and then the second thing is you had you had uh, you used your previous um, losses to help you deal with the more current losses so uh, why don't if if it's okay with you I don't want to make you talk about anything you don't want to but if if you could talk about when you, uh, when you first started losing your vision, where you were and how it happened and, and the things you were thinking and feeling at that time. And then, of course, what were the, what were the thoughts uh, that helped you get through that first real loss? Okay. Well, it happened in stages, actually, because when I learned that I had this, uh, this condition, I can't even pronounce very well, retinitis pigmentosa, when I had <laughs> RP, that was in 1989. And I thought my world was just going to fall apart, you know, and I was, I had just accepted a job teaching English in, uh, in Indonesia, halfway across the world. And my mother's like, you can't go there. You're going to get hit by a car, you know, like <laughs> we had all, and I, I didn't know if it was going to be, they, they couldn't tell me if it was going to be suddenly or if it was going to be gradually they said you know it was different for everyone back then in the 80s they didn't know you know there's so much they didn't know about this and so um when i i I did actually choose to continue with my my job at my my uh, contract to teach overseas and it didn't happen overnight that i lost my vision and so i just kept um, I kept teaching, you know, I kept on with my career and it happened gradually so I could adapt. And that's what King Confessions is all about. How did I adapt? How did I, I uh, continue with my, my goals of teaching overseas and how, what did I do so that I could still do the things I wanted to do, you know, like climb mountains and, uh, and I did climb Mount Fuji. I climbed a mountain in Scotland and it was called goat fell. <laughs> so you can imagine if goats fall, what am I going to do with fight loss? And uh, so I, I, um, uh, I didn't really experience like this terror until I came home. And in 2006, 2006 to 2008, I lost so much vision. And I think stress is part of it. And losing my father was part of it, you know, because it's just so you're going through so many different emotions. So, and I wasn't teaching at that time. I was trying to be a writer. So I wasn't in the classroom and I didn't notice right away all of the, the, the things that I would have had to deal with in the classroom. And when I, I found out, I, I can't 
support myself as a writer. <laughs> so after two <laughs> years of trying, and so I said, I got to go back to the classroom. So I, I provided a job for me to teach in a Christian school in my own neighborhood, like within five minute walk, which is an amazing thing, teaching Spanish. Then I had to get well, I noticed I was tripping over things and, you know, and I told my principal and she said, it's okay, we'll, we'll work, we'll deal with it. And that's when the whole thing came to a head with the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services. And that whole year was this year of transition. And I was so frightened. I thought I would just never be, I would never, and I was losing my hearing at the same time. So, I mean, I couldn't hear my students. I I, I couldn't correct their language as I wanted to. And it was so many, 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 many challenges. I just thought it was like the year for hell. It was really, really scary. And what did it, what helped me? My mobility instructor. He gave me back new hope. That orientation and mobility, the, the thing that I was most afraid of was the thing that made me the most resilient. He was completely blind. And he was so practical, just like you said, just put it right out there. He said, why don't you just tell people you're blind? I'm not blind. I'm just clumsy. So I was hiding behind these words <laughs> and I was not accepting it myself. And he's like, no. And, and he was this role model because when I was in my neighborhood, he, you know, he got me to go in my neighborhood with a white cane and, and he would greet people. I'm like, how does he know they're there? You know? And I, he, he was not, uh, he, he was just so positive and he was like, you can do this, Amy. And I started thinking like, when I was doing that orientation and mobility and I was feeling really silly because I had those uh, black sleep shades on so I could, he wanted to train me in conditions where I was my worst case scenario where I couldn't see anything, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it was like, I remember my first time when I went out, he'd say, okay, we're home now. I'm like, how does he know that? And I took off, I took off my, my sleep shades and I was home. How did he know that? And I told him, you know what? You're in my place and I'm in your place. And he said, no, Amy, there's only one place. <laughs> you know, oh there is my only, gosh. we just oh, see, I it love and, that. see it from different, from different um, perspectives, but there is only one world, one place, one thought. One we life. trick ourselves into seeing it from different places is yeah, almost what yeah. he was saying. Yes, I love it. Yeah. It, it was just so amazing to look at it. And it was just like, it was a tiny little dent in my thinking, you know, like that, that we can, the way we see, the way we perceive blindness is, is from, we can perceive it from very different vantage points. But when we choose to see it only as a word and not as a, as a, an obstacle, that's when we move forward, you know. And we see, like, um, we can see, like, I, he told me, he gave me permission to see what I could see with my eyes. And to, what I couldn't see with my eyes, I see with my cane. And that helped me, little by little, to get past my fear of using a cane, you know. And I think I faked it too. But those, that was, that year was really, 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 really hard for me. And I was at these two new jobs. Sometimes I couldn't even see, uh, hear if my students were answering me or not. And I was teaching an Asian studies course. I had to really step up my my confidence level, you know, <laughs> because I was, I was <laughs> like, th that time I was like, 
can I really teach? I don't know. I'm not a terrible teacher. And I just had all these, these fears that I was, and, and some of the fears played out. Like it wasn't just in my mind. <laughs> it was like, I had to overcome that and become the confident person I was before. Yeah. You hear and that? that? She had, she had to become the confident person she was, or in, in some people's cases, they have to become the confident confident person that the world sees. That's right. How confident we feel about ourselves is what we project onto others. And that's what they, how they respond to us, you know, and confidence that's is sexy, I think is an old expression. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it is how they, they perceive us and how we perceive us ourselves is what we project and how they we have to make them feel comfortable with ourselves with, with, and I think that it's kind of a, a, a circular thing. The more comfortable we feel about ourselves, the more that we project and the more that comfortable other people feel with us, you know, you have to make right. the distance yourself, lessen the distance, make yourself approachable because we have to overcome what people perceive of the Nick, the, some negative perceptions, some positive perceptions, you know. So right, what you're talking, what you're talking about is the way that the majority of the world either sees us as um, needing help or sees us as being um, super help, super uh, superheroes. It seems like they're yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. We just we have people dreams like everybody else, and we have our limitations, and we have our strengths you know yeah yeah right yeah now i think the people who are, who are following along can understand that you not only have a strong faith but you have a great uh positive attitude and sense of humor so where do those three things come from and have you always have they always been part of you and maybe you've just leaned on them more lately or is it something you've developed over time I think it's something I developed over time. I've always been hopeful, you know, like I always look for, look in a positive, try to look at in a positive way at things. And I think the I'm able to do that because of my faith. And I, I feel that God is going to, God is always with me and he is going to bring people. That, that's mostly how I overcome, bring people into my life. <laughs> and uh, he brings the right people into my life and, that brings me a lot of encouragement. Um, even if it's for a short time that somebody is with me to help me or to um, like as a resource or whatever. So it's my faith. It's my natural sort of optimism. And it is, I think it's success. I mean, success in, in that I am able to overcome that had all three of those things helped me to remain positive you know, and, and hopeful, and it has developed over time, but friendships, friendships are so important to me, and they, uh, the friends I have are loyal, and they encourage me, my childhood friends, uh, the friends I have made with sight loss, the friends I've made in the entrepreneurial <laughs> world, and it just, like, God always brings me so many friends in my church, you know, and, my high yeah. school class it's just i feel like so blessed that 
over my overseas students, my overseas teacher, teaching friends. I'm still friends with them, you know? Wow. That's, that's very impressive that you're still connected with people and especially with people who've had to adjust to Amy being, you know, not exactly the same Amy they knew yes. at that. That's right. Okay. That's really hard too. Uh, it, like when you haven't seen someone for a long time and you see them and they're like, yeah, what's this, what's what's this stick for? <laughs> I'm like, it's not a stick. It's a mobility cane, away cane. Well, yeah. What's, what's, what's going on with your eyes there? What's, what's, it's like, that's really hard for me, you know, to, to, uh, and I, I just want to hide sometimes, but I don't. <laughs> and, uh, I do write a, I write a story about that, about uh, what's that ugly things, or I don't know, you know, just that, like, I, I share this. I think it's important to be uh, vulnerable, to let people see what, where you're really coming from, because that's where you educate people. And, you, and they, it's things that, pe- that regular readers or even sight um, line readers, they don't think about. And, and they may have had a similar situation and they, they, they've kept it inside. And so suddenly you can, they can relate to you and they're not alone, you know? Right. One thing that just occurred to me is you talked about vulnerability. So I, I have really tried to encourage people to, to accept the idea that being open and vulnerable, even online is not something that drives people away, but it's something that only makes people uh, see you in a, in, a, in a different way, but more, more attractive way and want to be part of your story. Has, what's your experience been with, with putting yourself out there so openly and sharing your story so, in such a vulnerable manner? I think it's been really positive because when I do this, like this morning, just to give you an example, I received an email from someone whose wife is losing her vision and she, he asked if she could speak to me as someone who has gone through a lot of the things his wife is going through now. And I just think that it, it makes you approachable that you, and, and, and it gives you, um, you, you are, th- you are there and you, you know, that's part of our, well, part of my mission is to encourage, I'm a big encourager. I love to encourage people in all kinds of ways. And uh, I'm, I'm putting yourself, making yourself vulnerable makes you approachable and then you can help other people. And, you know, I mean, then you can, I don't know, not, it's not only help other people, it's to empathize, it's to, um, they can help you. They can encourage you that you're, you have a purpose, you have you know, by, by sharing your story, making yourself vulnerable, your purpose is to connect. And the, the more connected we are, the less alone we are, you know? Yeah, I like that you said that uh, people can appreciate you because I often tell people that when it comes to being a podcaster or an author, it, you know, sales and downloads and uh, merch sales are great, but sometimes a sincere compliment can be more valuable than cash. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, that and in knowing that we are um, that we are a resource, or that um, that we have uh, encouraged someone is really important. I feel you know this. The whole reason I write is just to I, when I I write the books that I wanted to read. 
you know, when I was facing these things. And the humor is a big part of my writing because lots of things, you know, uh, everyone has their own slant. And I, I used to think, oh, maybe I should just be like perfect. You know, maybe I should just show myself as <laughs> this expert and this, I, I'm a chip giver or this and that. And I'm like, I'm not perfect. I am like, every single day I am challenged. And that is what my life is like, you know, and I, uh, I make a mistake, I wear my slippers out, and then I have this problem. And, and, you know, or people don't notice that I have a white cane, and they're like, it's the it's the eighth window down, you know, and I'm like, that's my life. (laughs) And I, I just thought, it's really funny. When I think about it, it's, there's so much humor that makes me laugh when I think about it, what what life is like, and why not celebrate it? You know, why not? Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened to me. Kind of thing. Do you have any? Do you have a funny story about maybe something recently? I mean, like, have have something happened maybe with COVID that has been funny based on your take on it? Oh my gosh, so many things. Well, I'll just tell you about <laughs> the last thing that happened the, the, a couple nights ago when I was celebrating my brother's birthday. Well. Uh, I, t- I had my white cane out and so our my my sight loss is always there's always something that's going on right and something new that I'm facing and so as it's progressive so we were out at the restaurant and uh, it was a steak restaurant and I w- we were just it was wonderful right so I get there and the smells so heavily and we uh, the, 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 is a dark, of course. And the, the attendant takes my brother and well, supposedly me to the seat, but I don't know where they went. You know, I just can't see where they, where they went. So I'm like, I guess they're going to come back for me. <laughs> you know, I got my white cane here. And the, the, another waiter was, uh, just happened to be, to see me and happened to see where, where they went. And I didn't go. So he said, here, take my arm. I'm like, oh, Oh, that's so wonderful. And I didn't feel embarrassed about it. And he just took it so naturally. I walked and he, he deposited me there. And I, and I was, there was no big deal, right? But then when we were eating, like I couldn't see the things on the table, like, like when he would deliver something. So I'd be like waiting and my brother said, what are you waiting for? Oh, the steak sauce. It's right there by your plate. <laughs> you know, so that was the new thing for me. And so then we went into this whole thing about, I'd like another roll. They had these rolls that were just so, so good. And I said, I'd like another roll. Well, another roll to this waiter meant like another basket of rolls, right? So (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, could we have another roll? And then I didn't see when he brought the the roll. And and I thought, we had been planning to see my brother, brother's girlfriend afterwards, who was in a nursing home. She had had some surgery. And... So uh, anyway, I let it go, these wonderful rolls. And then when I went to pay, I was treating my brother. So I went to pay for that, for the bill. I said, can we have another roll? You know, <laughs> he says, yeah, bring you another roll. <laughs> and so uh, my, Mike says, as soon as the waiter left, he says, he brought us some rolls. I'm like, oh, where? On the other side of me, he must have given them to Mike. There were five rolls. He brought a whole basket. And then the waiter was going to bring another basket because I had asked for more. <laughs> and so uh, so when he came, I, I paid the bill. And then there were like 10 rolls. <laughs> and then the one that we didn't eat that I thought, you're, you know, I wanted one more. So there were all together, there were 11 rolls. 
<laughs> I didn't yeah. see him yeah. breathe. And, the other ones. Yeah. And, and, this is, and this is the way things go with retinitis pigmentosa. <laughs> and I made fun, I made fun of you earlier because and I and you know I uh, lovingly because I also have RP. Mine is much more progressed than yours is, but tunnel vision is one of the things that happens and you can go from having a small field of vision down to no peripheral vision, which is what it sounds like happened to you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Before, okay, well, okay, all right. Before so I forget, I want to give you the opportunity to mention your uh, your two new books that you're working oh, on okay. and encourage people to go to your website, amybovere.com and sign up for your mailing list so they can get a free copy of the hit home, Hitting a home run ebook. Yes. Just by signing up to her email list, y'all. So tell us about your two new books that you're working on and and, uh, what they're going to be about. Okay. The one of the the one I'm working on now, Second Sight More Life Lessons and Mobility. There, it's a story, uh, it's a book of 25 uh, chapters and it it just talks about my everyday life, like, like kind of stories that I just shared and uh, like the story I just shared and it mostly humorous, but it has a life lesson at the end. something that I, I see in my sites, like dating uh, and things that I have learned and I can share with others that maybe encourage others, other, other people with sight loss. And, and so there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of uh, experience in, in these books and it deals with mobility. So it's the third one in my mobility series. And what Second, was that? What was that name again? Second Sight, More Life Lessons in Mobility. All right. And yeah. that'll follow Mobility Matters and Came and Kane yes. Connections. Confessions, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Confessions. All right. I yeah. told you I would get at least one of them wrong before we were through. Oh, I mean, but this, I was this close. I was this close. And, and the other book uh, is Tenuous Ties. That one is uh, God's, um, I, I haven't thought of the, the subtitle, subtitle, but I think it's going to be like God's can, um, ongoing uh, um, comfort during, uh, after child loss. And it's the story of losing my twins. And, uh, and it, it's, uh, it's, it starts from the beginning and goes all the way through and it ends with a time to dance. So it's, it's a, uh, it is how God, like sort of some of the things that God um, did, like were miracles, basically. And it's highlighting the major things that I went through with the, with the loss and how God encouraged me. Like, for example, just to give you a, a quick idea, is that I planted some bushes in jasmine bushes in uh, um to remember my twins, right? In my backyard, which is really unusual. My husband could, he'd never heard of such a thing. And the, they didn't bloom, they didn't bloom, they didn't bloom. But just that, the anniversary of the year of Noor, my second baby's uh, death passing, there was, there were some blooms on both of them. By the, by the time that, um, the, like Mother's Day, when, when I found out that I lost Noor, it was a whole flower. And it, it, that like, how could that happen? Just one year on the anniversary of, of Noor's death. So it was just like God was giving me these little things to encourage me. And that, that's what this book is about. Like, how did I handle this really, really, really hard thing? And how did God encourage me? 
yeah, and all the way through the end when God is still encouraging me with a time to dance. So that's what that book's about. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, so, uh, so the first, so the first one, so the first one is about the experiences and how you survived them, and then the second one is like a year or so later, um, showing how you're how you're continuing to to get past the loss. Am I following correctly? 20, 20 years later. 20 years later. Oh, okay. Yeah, how All God right. is still okay. giving right. comfort. Yes. Okay. So, a holiday, yes. On Valentine's Day specifically. Yeah. Okay. And All right. So well, God doesn't this stop. Is why this, is, this is why you'll have to sign up to her email list because then you'll know about all the books when they get ready to come out and you can do some pre-orders or get yourself a signed copy. So, uh, I'm glad that we finally got connected and yeah. I really wish I had done this when I visited you last year, we could have done just, you know, one of those, um, profiles like the, like the big kids do on television for you. It would have been fun. And, uh, but I've really enjoyed my time with you. So before yeah, we go, is there too. one? Yes. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So before we go, is there one, is there one thing that you would like to tell people that you feel is the most important thing they should learn from your experiences and the way you have overcome your uh, your past uh, tragedies or failures. One thing. Well, you know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to grade your work. It could be two yeah. or three things, but one would be good. <laughs> yeah, I think just keep going forward, and I mean, just keep pushing yourself to go forward, and um, and don't don't give in to that hopelessness that sometimes oftentimes attacks us, you know, Satan is going to try to, to discourage us in any way possible. And we are going to throw all kinds of roadblocks in our way. And it's that it's like that for everyone. And we just have to determine that we can overcome. Look at Hank Aaron. I just read his story today. He overcame all of the, you know, the racial prejudice when he was trying to break Babe Ruth's record, he was getting um, hundreds of thousands of hate mail and he overcame that and he broke the record. So it's like, if I could say one thing is don't let discouragement stop you, move forward. Whether that takes talking to somebody, whether that takes um, seeking uh, you know, like a friend or a counselor or going to a website or something, but don't, don't, well, yeah. Don't, or listening to a podcast, but don't quit. Just keep moving forward. Yes. Find a way, find a way, Eat, journal and anything, you know, there's, there's always a way pray, you know, yoga. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone finds a different way, but don't let that, that, black gloom overcome you you know you can do it all right well i really appreciate you coming on the show uh thank you for sharing your experiences and uh the lessons you've learned and hopefully we've uh we've shared some of those lessons to the point where some of our listeners are going to actually apply them and continue moving forward so thank you so much amy for coming on what's your excuse i want to tell you one more thing sandy weaver is my narrator Ah, I knew it would happen. Sandy Weaver is a wonderful, Sandy... wonderful narrator. Yeah. All right. Glad we got that in. Okay. <laughs> Just came to me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's the way the mind works. <laughs> you know, that's the way mine works. So, all right, this has been a real pleasure, and I and I thank you again. Oh, my 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 pleasure. Yes. So. Okay, friends, we had another great conversation with Amy Bobaird, longtime friend of mine and a really inspiring person who's overcome a lot of uh, tragedy and adversity in her life, and yet she's still so positive, and I think so many things we could take from her uh, conversation, her sharing on the show, and that is the importance of her faith, of developing a sense of humor, uh, finding a positive attitude, and I thought it was interesting how she said that uh, a lot of these things were actually developed by overcoming the uh, things that have happened to her, the gradual loss of her vision to the point that she couldn't or thought she couldn't continue pursuing the form of employment that she wanted. Um, the loss of twins almost just a few weeks before they would have been born and to do so without her husband because he was off working, the loss of her father, the loss of her mother. I mean, just so many things. And she attributes these to her positive attitude now, along with her faith, sense of humor, and her friends, both in person and online. And while we didn't talk about it, I know she has a very special relationship and friendship with her brother, Michael. And I know that he is also a source of support for her. But I just really impressed. I mean, she's lost a lot of her vision. She's lost a good chunk of her hearing. Uh, and yet she is just so positive, so vibrant, and really thinks anything is possible. And when she decides to do something, I don't want to be the, one, the person who has to tell her she can't. So I've been blessed to be part of an event she put on last year uh, called Disability Insight, which is the only event I've been to in my lifetime where multiple types of disabilities were all represented on the same stage or microphone. I mean, blindness, autism, bullying, mental illness, uh, deaf blindness. It was just a, a, a full day of entertainment, education, inspiration. It was all by her will because she, all, she muscled that event into shape just like you would muscle a horse or a, or a truck with bad steering. So really impressed with her tenacity, her positive attitude, her wonderful spirit. And I do hope you will visit her website and buy one of her books or download it and listen to her wonderful narrator, read them to you and make her, her life come alive so it can inspire and, and entertain you as well. Um, just can't wait to uh, see what she does next. And I'm hopeful that I will get to spend some time with her again in person, COVID permitting later this year. So, so many things we learned from Amy. I can't wait to hear what you think you learned from Amy. You know, what was the most important part for you? I really love to hear, hear that. Because by hearing what y'all are interested in, what you found to be inspiring, educational, or challenging to your current situation, that's how I make the show better. And I think I have a, a good conversational style and I'm very personable with my guests. I want to get to know them as friends during the course of the interview but I'm always open to a little bit of positive criticism. I emphasize the positive. All right, until next time, 
Don't forget to visit my sponsor, Chip Edwards, at createmyvoice.com. Uh, also, uh, and he can create an entire voice branding strategy for you that will include getting your blog or podcast out on Alexa, Google, Siri, etc. cetera. Uh, and really, if you don't claim your what they call invocation name, which is the name people use when they ask for you, like when people say, play what's your excuse or, you know, open the blind blogger. If you don't claim that, somebody else can. And once they do, you can't get it back. And so you, you, somebody else can control the content that people get, the things that they read from you about your own name, and Chip can explain all of that to you much better than I can. Uh, hope you will check out my latest book, The Blind Bloggers, First Speaking and Signing Adventures, How You Can Conquer Your Fears About My Trip to uh, New York, Florida, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, and giving my first public speaking talks, uh, doing my first book signings. Uh, so many great experiences, and there's every chapter ends with the key takeaways from that chapter. I, and I've heard from people who have told me, you know, Max, uh, it would be great if you just printed all the key takeaways in one document so we could carry that around with us. But it's a very good book. Lots of uh, great stories in it. And I think you'll learn something about how to overcome your fears and accomplish your goal at the same time. Hope you will check it out. If you need help or want help uh, becoming a good podcast guest or getting booked on podcasts, radio shows, and other online platforms, be sure to reach out to me at theblindblogger.net slash online dash publicity. Or you can take my course at um, theblindblogger.net slash eight weeks, the number eight. And by all means, please do reach out to me through the contact form. I always love making a new friend and a connection and because you never know where those things will lead you in life. So until next time, thank you and take care out there now. This is Maxwell Ivy, the blind blogger. And this has been What's Your Excuse? Too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away to what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide.